Amen, amen. I let everybody get comfortable. Everybody had a good week? Amen. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know what it is. It just seems like it was a long time since I saw you guys last week. I guess I just miss you as time goes by, which is a good reason to come on Tuesday. Huh? And that was just an afterthought, but, you know, we always love to have you as much as we can. But uh, today, this message is, 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 you know, I was telling Todd, as things go on, you know, as you're preaching and you're learning and you're doing. And isn't it amazing how we study the word of God and it just starts unfolding in our daily lives right here, right now. And there was a lot of things that I saw as we were working in this message. It's like going, wow, this is right on time, you know. And so I want you guys to know when we bring forth a message, we just don't grab something off the shelf. We really bathe that in prayer. Think about the prayer concerns and what's going on in the life of the church and the community and the world. And we really seek the Lord for the message that is timely for each one of us today. So I want you guys to keep us lifted up each week because we want to give you what God's best is. And that's his word. So I want to be listening and want to be obedient to that. So with that being said, you know, many times we talk about if you get a text message, you just don't really know what tone it sets, right? You know, we can all do that. So with our message today, I want to read it like it's supposed to come over, all right? What are you looking at? That's the title. What are you looking at? And I'm talking about communications. Now, has anybody else had this or has it only happened to me? That you're sharing something with somebody and you're talking about certain things and you get a response and you go, say it with me. What are you looking at? You go, how in the world did we get there from here? And so what we don't realize a lot of times is that we don't understand their view or what shaped their view. There's so many things going on in somebody's life, their past and different things like that. But to help really start that up this morning, I got a hold of the KTP drama team. You didn't know we had one of those, did you? The KTP drama team to kind of help me set this in motion. So I'm going to turn it over to them so you guys enjoy. All right. Use a little imagination and enjoy No, I 
Give him a hand clap. Give him a hand clap. Well, today what we really want to do is take a look at three things. And it's about our view. Our view, right? The world view, but ultimately God's view, right? <laughs> do we look at others with compassion, you know? So that's what I hope. I'm going to leave them babies out there so you can think about that. How do we view others? We usually view a lot of times through where we're walking, but you know what? We've never really walked in some of the things that they have. So our views and perspectives can be influenced by many different things. Our situation, our past, the world, and different relationships. So I want to take a look at that. But I pray as we, we study the word that we can come out of here with the lens and the view of God. For others, amen, with compassion. So our scripture today, I always say, bring your Bibles. If you don't, we've got some of this pulled up here. It's even on your handout. I want you to take a look at your handouts today. And that's, that Bible verse says in Matthew 9, 36, it says, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused. And this is a great day for this because I think I could use these babies today. And Jesus said, all right, and he saw the crowds and he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He was looking at others with love and compassion. So that's what I hope today, as we uh, study the word of God, that we can leave here motivated and influenced by God's view and God's word, amen? Now next, I wanna give you a little background. It's so, it's so amazing how this comes right on the, on the heels of last week's message where I, I didn't really work this out in a series, but God, God has just continued with the momentum of what he's already doing. And so I wanna give you a little behind the scenes. Now we're gonna go into Matthew chapter nine. For homework this week, I want you guys to take a look at Matthew chapter 9, okay? And uh, we're gonna, I'm going to give you a little behind the scenes before we hit into it. But what was going on at the time, Jesus was going from town to town and, and, and just healing people, loving on people, sharing the good news of Christ with people. And um, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, they were following around going, now what's, what's going on here, right? And so as we continue to walk through this, I want you to look at the perspective and look at their view and the world's view and ultimately God's view. So... With that being said, Jesus goes through. He just healed the paralyzed man. He heals two blind beggars. Um, and he meets Matthew, the tax collector. And for y'all don't know, I don't know, it might be different nowadays, but at that, at that time uh, in the world, uh, tax collectors were not really thought very highly of. They, the people felt like they were kind of skimming off the top a little bit. So I want you to look at who God uses, right? He use anybody that's available, right? So that's what I want to look at. And um, so going into this, he, he goes by and he sees a fellow by the name of Matthew, and who's a t tax collector. And he says, hey, come, follow me. And Matthew gets up and follows. He didn't ask about the benefit package. He didn't ask about the 401k plan. He didn't ask, you know, do I got weekends off or anything? He followed. What great faith. And with all the information that we have in the Bible, man, look at the questions and things that we ask before we step out just one step. I hope today that through this, it'll encourage us to step out right where we are, a step at a time in the Lord. Amen. So I want to read a little something to you out of Matthew when we get started here. All right. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as a dinner guest, along with many tax collectors and other. What do we have here? I got a different version. Yeah, I lost my plate. Sorry. That's why I need these glasses back on. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home and his dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other dishonorable sinners. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his, his disciples, I love this, listen to this, why, do you, why does your teacher eat 
with such scum. Now, that's a New Living Translation. And uh, I thought that's just right in today's time. Can you imagine that? The Pharisees, who were the religious leaders of the time, right? They're following around looking, what's going on with this guy? Jesus, he's healing people. He's doing this early. God must be working through him, but he's kind of cutting into our business, right? That's kind of what they're viewing this. And so what do they say? They get the disciples and they go, hey, why is, why is your teacher eating with such scum? Can you imagine that? I mean, these are not the guys you want greeting at KTP, right? They're not the guys that are going to be on, you know, the, on the list. Of, come on, the welcoming committee. Their heart had been hardened by pride. Amen. So let's go on and read a little bit more. When Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you, I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. He starts setting up the whole outline of what it takes to come to Christ. It takes a heart understanding that our sin separates us from God. Amen. But what they did, they thought their works and everything else. When I say they, the Pharisees, the religious leader of the time thought, hey, it's all about me. Look how I dress. Look how I do all these things. I, 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 me, me, me. So I wanted to kind of set the stage of what was going on so we can get the good view of God. Um, you know, when he's sitting there thinking about this, he, when I, I love this again. I start breaking this down. Dishonorable sinners. I haven't seen any honorable sinners, you know? And we look at this and it's like such scum. I mean, these are shady folks that God's dealing with, right? That's what we see so many times. But God sees what we can be. God says you're worth it right in your current situation. So that's what I want you to bring out of that. Right where you are, God can work in it. And he starts pointing to that heart condition. Again, look how pride had set in with the religious teachers. Notice I said religious, religious. We're always talking about relationship and a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We come on down and Jesus says, I, I, want, to show, I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. It's a heart condition. It's always about a heart condition. And he doesn't just want the sacrifice. He wants us to know him, right? He wants us to know him. He wants us to trust him, to love him, and repent when we miss the mark, amen? So this is what I want to do to set the stage. And I think the worship team and the slash uh, drama team did a great job. Give them a hand one more time there. Very good. Well, first I thought, well, let's take a look at it from our view. Can we do that? Absolutely, absolutely. So our view many times can be self-centered, can it? It can be very self-centered. How well do we listen? When we're looking at self-centeredness, you know, it's all about me. I was looking through here. Do we forcefully drive our view home with the other person? Think about it in marriages or, or other things or even in work relationships and stuff like that. And, and then I thought as I was studying, how can this impact our prayer lives if we, if we start looking at things like that? No, this is the way it is and that's it. Now, we're not going to compromise the word of God because that's the truth. But I'm talking about in everyday life, there's things, you know what, that we need to really listen and use the lens of God and have compassion. Amen. Amen. No matter where it is, what it is, whether it's at work, raising our kids, brothers and sisters, everything, even if you're at the bank. And that's a side note there. We might get to see something on that today. But in a relationship, communication is the key. And we hear that all the time. But how much and how diligently do we really work on that communication? See, a lot of times we just hear what we want to hear. And then we go from there. And then we wonder, wow, why did that person respond that way? Again, think about the view. In our prayers, think about this. Listening is just as important, if not more important, 
than what we have to say. When the God of the universe, almighty God, speaks to our heart, whether we hear it in a voice or through the word of God or somebody that's following God and God uses them to speak into your life, how do we respond to that? So I want us to really think about that. You know, prayer is a huge, huge gift and privilege. How do we use that? You know, we have an opportunity to communicate with the Lord, like I said, of all creation. We're saying God of wonders. And so many times, it's like the grocery list. You know, we give God the grocery list. But do we approach God with respect and reverence or just as the go-to guy? Now, I want to tie this in because you know what? Through the blood of Christ, we have access to God, right? But that doesn't mean we disrespect God. We don't trample the blood of Christ that allows us to be in that place to hear from God, to even be in the presence of God. But how do we walk that out? Let's take a look at some other things. Our view can be based on what we've experienced. Now, everybody knows that, right? Do we learn from our past or do we burn from it? What I mean from that is do we think back on it and get burned up mad? I could not believe that. And every time you see that person... Back to the scabs are off and you're back to, to ground zero. Or every time that situation comes up or every time that song's played or whatever it is, fill in the blank. Do we learn from it and say, you know what? I'm going to have the eyes of Christ with compassion and I'm going to move on from that. Or are we going to let that continue to work in us to bind us from hearing God's best? Because when we start, you know, somebody says this or somebody says that or whatever the case may be. Think about what their view may be. They may have had a tough time. They may be not, they might not be walking with the Lord. So our response to that is very, very important. And that's where we are now. Our view has a large role on how we respond. People may not respond like you if they don't know the Lord. If it's all about them all the time and they don't have a relationship with Christ, if they've never been to church or if they've never been to a place that they're hearing the teaching and preaching of the gospel message, guess what? They're viewing it through the world lens. And it's not going to look like God's lens. Amen. So, let's take a look here. Do we respond from emotions or facts? Man, I tell you what. I get a lot of phone calls, and, and I have to really be praying about these things because I'm thinking, Lord, what is it that, that we could share here, Lord? What is your wisdom in this situation to pass on to this person that, that gives your view on this? Because what happens is sometimes when we talk to people, and I, hey, I'm guilty of this too, but I have to come back and, and regroup, repent, and say, Lord, help me with this. Well, you know such and such said this, and I've done all these things, and they only did this. Well, we're keeping score now. See what's happening? We're starting building this. I got to do this, the phone call. Well, what have you been doing all day? You see? The different backdrops that we look up against. So what I want us to do is kind of look at that and understand that, you know, through that, we can respond out of the truth of God's word. We can respond with the love and compassion and forgiveness and grace that God does with us. Amen? Our view is, our view is like this here. How it has a big impact how we receive. Right? Not just the way we respond, but how we receive. And I want to ask you this. How well do you receive compliments first? You know, I know people say, hey, man, look good today. This, this. Oh, yeah, right. But, you know, I got this, this, this mole over here. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, man, good to see you, man. You know, man, look like you've been to the gym. Well, no. Yeah. Can you just receive it? Can you just receive it? I don't want nothing. 
Now, anything, just, just trying to encourage you, trying to speak life into the situation. But a lot of times we just default to the negative, default to that flesh. But also, now here's a tough one. I'm going to just be honest. How do we do with criticism? Man, you know, criticism that's wrapped in love. Not criticism that's trying to chew you up, beat you down and everything else. When somebody says, hey, you know, um, you were talking last week, we got this going on. Have you ever thought about this? And, and it's a biblical view. And they're coming alongside. And they're, and they're saying this out of love. And I think if we really look at it, we can tell who says things out of love and who don't. So that's what my prayer for us as a church, for us as KTP here, that we respond like Christ. Amen? So let's take a look at this. Our view can be influenced by the world. Now, I want to give you a few things here. If you guys got your notes, I want to make sure you're getting all you can, can stand here. So what are we going to do? We're going to give you some divine reflection through God's word. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. See, man thinks he's got it all figured out. But we need to be following the son of man, the Lord Jesus. Another verse I thought, and we know Proverbs is all about looking at wisdom, right? I challenge you guys this uh, from time to time. There's 31 Proverbs. There's usually 31 days in a month. Read that each day. Dig into that. Get the word of God. Proverbs 12, 15 says, The way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens. I'm sorry. To advice. I should have changed that. I didn't. It looks different on mine. But Proverbs 12, 15, take a look at that. See, a lot of times we need to look at the, the divine reflection so we can get divine correction. Amen. We want to get God's best. Right? God's not about beating us up. He's about loving us on the mark. Loving us to him through his son, Jesus. And so when God shows us something, how willing are we to make adjustments in our life to get on with it with God? Amen? Amen. Everybody doing good? I ought to hear them notebooks go popping this morning, right? Now, this is just an added thing as I was studying. Um, somebody sent me an email. Again, like we were talking earlier. It was right on time. We we're talking about the world. So I just want to read a paragraph out of this. Um, it was a devotion that I actually got through the, through the email. And it says, to have a warm, familiar attitude with this world is to be on good terms with God's enemy. We never think of that, do we? It says, what does it mean? What does it mean in more practical terms to be a friend of the world? It is to adopt the world's set of values and wants. To desire what the world wants instead of choosing according to God's divine standards. See, God's got what's best, and so often we settle for so much less. And we're going to talk about that. But you know what? We can overcome through the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Amen? Amen, amen, man. I want to hear you guys talking, man. When I play that thing back on the table, I'm going to say, man, they were drowning me out. They're getting the word. All right, so we want to take a look at the world's view, okay? The world's view. Let's take a look at a few things here. Now, you guys, you guys can identify with this materialistic, right? What do you own? What do you drive? How much do you make? What do you wear? I thought this was right on time. Again, the message unfolding during the week. I wake up and our nightlight is actually pretty much QVC, HSN, and the news channel. Because if Denise jumps up, she's got that TV pumping. I'm going, what is going on here? <laughs> what are you looking at is what I'm thinking, right? So I look, and I can't remember what state it was, but evidently I think it's Nike come out with a new tennis shoe. 
And they were going to release his tennis shoes. I think it was going to sell for like $150 to $200. And there's so many people at the malls. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It's so many people at the mall. They got to shut the mall down. They got police. They're getting people all over the place. And they've got to shut it down over a pair of tennis shoes. What are you looking at? You know? It's amazing. So I look at that and I go, man, this is crazy. Now, you know what I heard? They said some people are able to get these shoes. They are now selling them online through eBay and other sources for $2,400. I'm thinking, man, you know what? I wouldn't pay $2,400 if Thomas rode me around on his back all day. You know? I'll give you $1,250. Give me to the car. But, you know, isn't that amazing, though? And so we say, oh, we're not materialistic. Well, there's a whole lot of people in that line. That's for sure. Man, I went and got some shoes the other day. And, and man, I was like, man, they're 80 bucks. They're 80 bucks. I ain't getting no shoes. And I walk off like this. And he said, you need to get their shoes, right? So I come back and finally, I said, okay, I want to get them. But man, there were some good shoes. There were some good shoes. Boy, I look, I was walking all like, <laughs> Chelsea said, you're walking like Paw Paw. <laughs> I said, well, he made it to 81. I'm going to keep on trucking, man. That's a pretty good deal, you know? But that's something, isn't it? But see, what y'all don't realize is I'm in the combine every day. Y'all know what that is? Like qualifying for football? Because he has me running all these routes. I should be the, I should be the guy that throws the football at 47 years old. He said, come on, get down. All three, break at the bush. Go long. I'm back over here. You got to be faster, Dad. Yeah. Now, look, I'm going to tell you, because he's got all the videos and all this. So you need to grab this thing here. And like, I'm going, whoo. All right. And I'm thinking, man, Mama be home soon. Hurry. Mama, come home. You know? But anyway, you know what? I love spending time with my babies. I just wish I could be quarterback. Oh, man. So power. <laughs> That's a prayer request, right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. How much control do you have? How can you manipulate the system for you? That's what we want a lot of times, isn't it? It, it, it really is. I'm going to breeze through there. We've got a lot to cover. Praise and worship, right? But idolatry. And you say, well, what are you, what are you talking about? And I'm talking about the holy praise and worship that we do here with our hearts focused on the King of Kings and the glory of God for what he's done. And ushering the presence of God in this place because that's my prayer, man. Before you leave here today, say, man, I believe God touched me up in that place today. I'm telling you. Man, I was on my knees last night. I said, Lord, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And then I get a text from Chuck. He said, man, I've been praying about tomorrow. I said, good, me too. God's going to do something heavy duty, you know? You know what? Just coming into the place where we can hear the word of God is an amazing thing. Bringing people in to hear that, that and come in with an open heart where God will transform our hearts. But so many times, right, our attitude gets wrong. And what do we bring in here, right? Do we bring an open heart? Are we looking for the things of God? Are we looking up? Are we preparing our hearts before we get here? Are you praying for your pastor before you get here? That's next week, right? Next week, y'all pray for me. Today, you can pray for me, right? But look at this. I want to get back to this real fast. Anything that elevates itself above Christ in our lives is idolatry. If you think about that, anything or anybody that elevates their self or this thing above Christ in our life is idolatry. See, a lot of times we think, well, man, I'm not out there worshiping a totem pole. But you know what? What do we do when it comes time for church? We say, well, you know, I don't know. Maybe I could do this. I'll go twice next week or whatever the case is. And I'm not coming down on that. I'm just saying, think about the things that we allow to get between us and that front door on Sundays. Think about the things that we allow to get between us and the word of God each day. And, and don't let them get elevated above that and, and go to God and say, you know what, man? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what your will is first 
I'm going to come close to you. I'm going to pray. I'm going to spend time with you. All right? Now, we're living in a society, right, that everything's instant. We want it right now, all the time. Everybody's in a hurry, but we're going nowhere fast. You ever seen that? We're always in a hurry, but we're going nowhere fast. Just, I thought that was great. Tanya and them came up with this thing. I said, man, that is perfect. You know, man, I got to get there. I got to get there. I got to get there. Look out, man. You're doing all this, and you stop your light, and the guy's right beside you. You know? And you got all the white knuckles and everything else, and you're just going, man, this guy is, is dangerous. Also, nowadays, what do we want? We want a quick fix. Everything's disposable, and I started thinking about that. I started thinking about, man, my dad grew up really, really tough times, you know, through the depressing to the, from the depression time. And uh, so, man, pops would not throw out anything, you know, because a lot of times they didn't have anything. But from that, he could fix some cool stuff. You know, I remember this time, I never forgot this. We had a bicycle, man, my bicycle was, was something else. I mean, I had a fork off this bike, had a banana seat here. I had this and that. I mean, we had quite a few bikes, but man, they were looking a little ragtag. But my dad said, you break everything I give you. So... What do you expect? <laughs> you know? So I kind of understood that. Well, some folks in the, in the uh, neighborhood got one of those uh, dual bicycles. What do you Bicycle built for two. I said, man, I want one of those. He said, ain't no problem. Come on out back. <laughs> my dad took the wheel off my favorite bike, the front one, bent them forwards, and stuck them on the back of the other one. And got some more bolts, man. Airplane mechanic dad, West Virginia Pops. I mean, I got bolts hanging out the side, you know, like this. Now, later on, the BMX guy puts those things on there and ride on the back. We were doing it 20 years before they did. It was just big nuts and bolts at my house. But I said, hold on a second. You need some more reflectors. I think that's a West Virginia thing. I don't know what it is, man. My dad had reflectors on everything. He went to buy a new truck. He has to have mud flaps on it. I said, well, you better buy a V8. You know, instead of a V6, because it ain't going to pull those big old mud flaps. But he's got them things, and they say, back off. You know what I'm saying? Back off. Yeah, I saw your dad the other day riding down the road, you know, back in the day, and I said, you sure what I'm saying? He said, oh, yeah, we saw him back off. <laughs> got to love it, man. But he would come up with some cool things. And so, you know what I'm going to do, right? I don't know why. Is it a son thing? Because I run into my, my guys, too. So dad did a three-seater. I said, hey, none. He go to work. I'm going to make me a, a two-seater. I said, I'm going to make me a three-seater. And it was good until we got to the corner. I don't know if my buddy ever got his teeth right or not, but I'm going to tell you, we were looking good. I was like, look at this. I said, okay, we lean into it. Me and Ronnie made the first one, but Robert kept going. I said, man, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. I said, listen a little closer, man. I'm not kidding. But that was cool, though. You know, so I had all these pieces of bicycle, but what happened after that, nobody would ride with me because they said, you almost killed your friend. So I'm pedaling the bicycle bill for two. By one, I said, we need to put that back. My dad, you're never satisfied. You're never satisfied. <laughs> but you know what? Through that, though, guess what? We lose that creative creativity and ingenuity. You know that? Because we say, well, just buy a new one. Well, let's just get another one. A lot of times we miss out on that creative side in our lives. Amen? Now, here's something else. Consumers. We can come, become consumers really fast. We've really come to that point. We just, we just want it. And we just want it now. Don't you have one of those? No, I got two, but I think I'll get another one. You know? And a lot of times we just come and we go to places and we just consume. And we're just going to consume. Well, we just, we're going to just listen. And then we're going to leave. All right? Are we going to serve? Are we going to give? Are we going to do? There's a part to play in every, every area of life. Amen? 
But that's what, what's crazy. But what happens from that point, guess what starts growing? And you see this in the world, entitlement, right? Now, I got to tell you another news flash. I almost, I almost spit my chicken out when I saw this we were eating the other day. I am not kidding. I was in there, and I got to keep my dog off me. She's up there, like, I'm watching. And the news, Denise got the news on there, and I'm like, I don't really want to watch the news. And they came up with this across the screen. Let me read it. Let me read it. It said that in the United States, 49.5 folks do not, yeah, 45, yeah, 49.5%, right, of folks in the United States do not pay federal income tax. Boy, that chicken was right here. I was like, what are you talking about? I said, well, man, I, surely I misunderstood that, right? So I got my smartphone, and I wish I, 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 wish I didn't. Because it said, oh, yeah, that was in 2009. What? 2009? What's going on now? <coughs> you know what? So many things I'm entitled to. Just give it to me. Just bring it to me. We see that all the time. Because you know what? A lot of times there's no investment. See, if there's no investment in a relationship, you walk away from it. If there's no investment in sweat equity in, a, in, in your church time, you just say, well, you know, maybe I will, maybe I won't. Or are we going to come alongside and say, you know what? We believe in what's going on. Remember like a year ago? Are we in it to win it? Yeah. Are we in it? Yeah. Are we praying about it? We're going to move forward? Yeah. Where are we at today? Let's firm up our commitment in all these areas of our life. In relationships and serving the Lord and giving unto the Lord. Um, and in our jobs, just doing things with excellence, right? And those relationships. I want to encourage you in that today. But this is what happens. Again, no investment. No investment. You don't have any skin in the game. The guy was saying this on the news. He said, so many people don't have any skin in the game. They don't invest anything into the game. And he says, when you do, it's not a game anymore. Oh, I said, oh, I like that. See, when we start ending up with things that we care, our time, our talents, our giving, and all that, it becomes real close to home then, don't it? It's like, you know what? Um, we're in it to win it. We're going to keep going with this thing. And you can apply that to any area of your life. Amen? So, we want to make sure we got some skin in the game, right? We want some faith in action. Alright? Well, this is what happens as these things start unpacking. We're just consumers, entitlement, no investment in things. Guess what? I saw Miss Tanya. She came up with this. I said, oh, I'm going to write that down. She said, so many people don't want to chop the wood, but they want the wood cut, and they want it delivered to the door. Wow! Isn't that true? We want it, we want it right there. Well, you know. Yeah, Amen. That's what I'm talking about. I like that. She's doing, she's doing good. So, you know, I really think laziness is at an all-time high in, in many things. And I'm not talking about people trying and going through tough stuff. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about commitment, getting involved and doing things at all levels. I'm talking about parents. I'm talking about students. I'm talking about churches. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about the whole thing. Let's evaluate today. And, man, are we putting in the effort, the time, and our talents in our heart and being a reflection of Christ in the community and the other relationships that we have. Amen? Amen. Let's keep this thing going. Now, a little more divine reflection of riveted home. Let's take a look at this. I'm going to get me a drink of water here real quick. Mm-hmm. I told you I was excited. I get excited, boy. The things of God. Matthew 6, 19 through 21. Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth. And you guys are familiar with this verse. I love this verse. Where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Love this. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Think about that. Just let that resonate in our hearts for a little bit. 
Do we treasure the things of God? Do we, do we treasure the things of God? Because if we do, now here's, here's really something right here. I thought about, am I going to say that? Am I not going to say it? I'm going to say it. All right? If we really treasure the things of God, I'd take two things you could look at in your life real fast, and you know if you treasure God, you ready? You're listening. Everybody's leaning into it. Your checkbook and your calendar. Hear what I say? Your checkbook and your calendar. Because you know what? If you're about the kingdom and you're going to further the kingdom, you're going to give to the kingdom. And your calendar is going to be sharing and using and using your gifts for the kingdom. But if you look at your checkbook and you look at things, and I'm not, I'm just throwing it out there. This is a good time to just look at this in here. Okay, what really do I believe? Do I treasure the things of the world or do I treasure the things of God? And how am I, God using what he's given me and blessed me to further the kingdom, right? Think about that. But also, how am I using my times and my talent, you know? So just a little, just a little check up there. So do we invest heavily into the kingdom of God, right? Do we sow righteousness, obedience, mercy, and grace? So I want to challenge everybody this week. You ready? Think about this. I want to challenge everybody this week to pray for somebody that God brings across your path. Maybe somebody you don't know. Amen. Amen? And see how God works that. But let God, let God show you that. You know? Just don't grab somebody and say, hey, I'm going to pray for you and knock this off my list. Okay, amen. Give me the crackers. That's not what I'm talking about. You know what? As God puts somebody in your life, be obedient, be listening, and pray for them. And it may look different, okay? It may look different. It may be somebody in the grocery line, and you say, you know what? Um, you might just pray silently for them. It may be somebody when you come out of the place that you say, uh, hey, man, is there anything I could pray with you about? That's the challenge. That's the challenge. And let me tell you, when you step out in that, you watch how God will move in that. I just want to challenge you that. Always got to have a challenge, don't we? Yes, yes, yes. Ask God to show you where he's at work and join in. That's a good place to write that down and say amen. So as we get ready to close out of the, the, the view of the world, I had a couple of notes on here. You know, the view of the world is this. More is better. Right? What else do they have? Every man for himself, only the strong survive. And what's it really worth to you? What's in it for me? Isn't that the view of the world? We need to be careful that we don't get caught up in the view of the world. All right? We're picking up speed. Everybody doing good, right? Amen. God's view. God's view. All right? I'm going to get my supermodel to wear that. That's you, Jesse. All right. <laughs> Denise's like, I ain't got nothing. <laughs> Isn't it good that you just be yourself, you know? God take you right where you are, and you got your family here, your church family that loves you just the way you are, but they refuse to just leave you there because they want to help you and come alongside and love you into the greatest thing that God has for you. That's what I pray you see, amen? So God's view is always perfect, lacking nothing, and nothing is hidden from God's view. He sees it just as it is. He sees your life and my life just as it is, past, present, and future. You know what's so cool? He still responds to us in compassion, out of compassion. Wow. So if we are compassionate, others see the character of Christ radiate from us. God sees a tender heart that he can use. And that's something. God sees a tender heart that he can use. God's view is loving. If we are loving, it shows that we have the love of Christ in us. And we introduce others to his love and reflect him. 
This is the prayer request coming alive right here for this week, all right? Forgiving. God's view is forgiving. I love what the Lord gave me here. He says, if we are forgiven, it shows that we realize how much God forgave us. Man, it helps heal your heart. It will help heal your heart. God's view is humble. Now, I want to explain something here. That doesn't mean being weak, amen? That doesn't mean being a pushover. That doesn't mean being a doormat, all right? It means that we show a great reverence for God and a grateful heart for what he's done. And again, God can use that, amen? So are we looking at the situation uh, through humility and from a humble heart? Are we looking at it with compassion, love, and forgiveness? Got a few more. We talked about this a little while ago. God's view is holy, and he's worthy of our praise and worship. Amen. That's why we had that song to kick it off. I worship. They make me sound good, don't they? Because by myself, it's lonely, boy. It's lonely. Yes, indeed. I always say, Lord, touch and make it something better than what just came out. <laughs> and you know what? Your, your, your uh, walk this week, have that same prayer. Lord, I don't know exactly what I'm going to say, but I want to step out. If God's nudging you in that area to say something to a coworker in love, it doesn't even have to be about correction. It can be encouragement. As a matter of fact, I want to encourage you that it is encouragement. Maybe that's the best step to start out. You know, Just encourage somebody. How you doing? How you doing? That's good. How can I pray for you? All right. Holy praise and worship. I had a few things I want to share with that. God releases his presence in the midst of praise and worship. We can experience the glory of the Lord. The anointing begins to fall and flow. And natural gets invaded by the supernatural. And the miraculous miracles become tangible. See, a lot of times we think about miracles being way out here. But let me tell you, the greatest miracle you ever see is right in here, in your heart. What God did, what he did to bring you out of being shackled in sin when he paid the price and did it all on the cross, right? Finished. That's the view of God. See, something else I want you to know. When God looks at us, he looks at us through the lens of the Lord through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Guess what? White as snow. White as snow. Yeah, but you don't know about, you know what? I don't need to know about it. God knows everything. Didn't we just say? His view is always perfect. Nothing's lacking. Nothing hitting. And he says, I love you. Come on home. I love you right where you're at. Come on home. Amen? <coughs> Excuse me. And obedience. Our obedience shows our trust in the Lord. Our love in the Lord. And guess what? It blesses the Lord. When you're obedient. When God tells you to do something and you do it, I, I, in my heart, I just say, that's my boy. That's my boy. And you know what? I can trust him with this, so I can trust him with that. I can trust her with this, so I can trust her with that. And we start inching along, inching along. And before too long, you say, wow, how in the world did we get here? You know, and people say, oh, man, God's really moving in your life. And you say, yeah, just a step at a time, because that's all he's asked me to do. He doesn't call you to a project that you're going to fail. Just make sure he's the one calling you to the project, right? And then listen and obey. Amen. Amen. So there's a few things in here. I wanted to read this. As we get ready to bring this thing to a close, I thought about this. When we're looking through the windshield of life, what are we really looking for? Think about that. What are we really looking for? Are we moving forward in the things of God? Or are we stuck looking in the rearview mirror at our past mistakes? So what I want you to hear today 
is that we had three views that we talked about. We talked about our view. We talked about the world's view. And we talked about God's view. But I want to tell you, I pray that you saw the momentum of the message continue to draw hearts to God's view through his compassion, through his love, through his forgiveness, through humility, and through holy praise and worship. Man, when we come in here, we're just not banging out some songs. Man, we are lifting our voices and our hearts to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You know? And you know what? That doesn't mean you got to be Elvis to sing it. But you can have a heart pointed to the, the, the king, the king of kings, right? And allow God to start working in that. Because I'm going to tell you what, we are a generation that's got to make a difference. We are people right here in this place to make an impact for this time. And you can do it, but you can't do it on your own. So fill up, just like we sang last week, and go to the well. Go back and think about what God's done and reflect on this. Another point I wanted to look at here. Let others see, see you through the lens of Lord, the Lord. Usually we were talking about looking at others through the lens of the Lord. Represent God well so they can pick him out in you. All right? God's view is always lavished with love. Always lavished with love. Even his correction is lavished in love. When God comes along and, and, and he corrects us, it's out of love. Think about it with your kids. You don't want to come down on them. You want them to walk right and, and, and you have to make adjustments in their life because you know what's coming. And if they don't make the adjustment, man, we're going to have a tough time here. So sometimes, you know, they say tough love. Sometimes we have to make the adjustment, but it's still out of love. So you see that from just a parent's heart. How much more is the ability of God to love us, God to forgive us, God to direct us in those things. He views the life of a believer through the perfect sacrifice of his son. That's why I said, I got Denise, I said, can you put me some crosses on here? See, because that's where it started, right? The death and the burial. But guess where it finished? In the resurrection. And it's still unpacked in his grace and his mercy every day. The word of God is just as active and living and powerful as the day it was spoke. It's creating. It's saving. It's transforming. All these things. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. That's why we always want to back it up with the scripture. That's why we always are encourage you. Write in your journals. Read the word of God. Your homework this week is Matthew 9. That's why I'm telling you these things so you can have what God says you can have in the relationship. But it takes an investment and it takes effort, right? You just can't consume and go, yeah, I got it all. Okay, I'm good. Because guess what? I could probably ask you at lunchtime, well, what did I say on point three? They go, I don't know. Pass a french fry. But you know what? If we continue to listen and look and study the word of God, this is just a booster shot, man. I'm just, I just want to be your cheerleader in the Lord because that's what it is for me when you guys come out. You know, it's like, hey, man, let's, let's, let's do this thing. Let's walk this thing out together. Something I saw when I was writing this down last night, I had to go ahead and pencil in. You know, the things that, that we look at, and I said a little bit of it earlier, you know, God calling us to different things. I said, it's never attainable on our own, but it's always attainable through him. Come on. There's things that, that God's called us to. Guess what? He wouldn't call you to it if, if it's just you doing it. He wants to be glorified through you. So people say, man, that was God. That's what I love, what God's doing in my life. And there's a lot more to do. But people haven't seen you in a while. They go, what's going on? And I go, oh, man, you know, I pastor a church. They go, what? What? Do you got a pool table you jump off with the Les Paul on your hand? I said, no, I can't do that no more. <laughs> but you know what I can do? I can stand up here. And I asked the Lord to hide me behind the cross. And I asked the Lord to work in my life, even as broken and as messed up as it could be at times, to make it so much more. See, it's not about me. It's about him. 
And you know what? It's never attainable on your own. It's always attainable on him. So you know what? What are you looking at? Today I pray that we're looking at the love and redemption of Jesus Christ that he gave us through his son, the Lord Jesus. Amen? So you know what? As we get ready to bring this to a close, I don't want to bring it to a close just here. I want it to go, and we're going to shut the door on this thing right now, but I want it to open up ideas in your life of how you can serve the Lord this week. I want it to open up ideas in your life and understanding in your life to look at others through the lens of Christ, amen, so that when we look at others and we go, man, what in the world are they looking at? Well, maybe if you're in front of them, you hope that they're looking at the fingerprints of Christ. Maybe they're looking at a little Jesus, right? Maybe we're a representation of Christ. That's where Christian comes from. It means little Christ because we got the Lord living in us. So today I pray that our view is changed to his view. I pray that the world's view is impacted by us to come to his view. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for today and just the opportunity to come to a place that we can freely study your word. Lord, I thank you so much for those who step out and share each and every day in everyday life. Wherever you may call them and just a whisper in their heart to speak to somebody. No matter where it's at. So this week, Lord, give us courage, give us wisdom, and give us discernment to share you with the world. And I pray every week when we come here, we offer this up through the Lord Jesus Christ. We are just a messenger. God is the one who pays the price through his son, Jesus. If you're here today and you've never given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, understand that your sins separate you from God. But today, you can make it right by what he did by receiving that through faith. I pray each one here knows this. But if you don't and you've never received it, today is your day. Now is your time to say, Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Lord, I want your view. I need your love. I need your forgiveness. Lord, forgive me of my sin. I know that you are the son of God. And today, Lord, I want to walk with you. Take my life and make it so much more. If that's you today, Tell somebody before you leave here and say, you know what? That was my prayer today. Tell me more about Jesus and his grace and his mercy. And I always take it a step further. You know, we've had a tough week or a tough time or whatever. You know what? We can get back on track now. We can take our glasses off and put the lens of the Lord on and say, you know what? When they ask, what are you looking at? I'm looking at the eyes of Christ. I'm looking at the love of Christ. I'm looking at the blood of Christ that was spilled out for me. And I receive it this day for a new day of forgiveness. Father, we do thank you. And we love you and we praise you for all you do. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Good deal. All right, we're going to get ready to sing y'all with a song. How you doing over here, brother? You good? Good. All right. Well, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. And I want you guys to know that he's not only the God of the universe, he's the God of the city. He's the God of our hearts. Amen.